Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Takes a shot. Here's Kelly Davis, wide open. Davis. Still going, and he's in for the touchdown. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studios, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And we're trying to get to know as much as we can about these quarterbacks that the Jets might pick at number two overall. And there was a piece written at Deseret News about Zach Wilson that is the most comprehensive, in-depth piece I've seen by far on any of these quarterback prospects. It's a remarkable piece of journalism, and I'm not just saying that because I have the author of the piece on with me right now, but I wanted to bring him on so that, as he says in the piece, we could get a behind-the-scenes look at the making of a future first-round draft pick at quarterback, talking, of course, about BYU's Zach Wilson. The author of the piece is Jay Drew of Deseret News. Jay, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for thinking of me and uh, giving me a chance to to talk about this subject that I've uh, come to know pretty well over the last four or five years. So it's great to be on. Yeah, you talked to over a dozen people, teammates, you talked to family members, you talked to friends, you really got in there and dug through, dug deep, and got a lot of fantastic information. And one thing that I wanted to start with was the relationship with the person that he says has been the biggest influence on his playing career. And he's come in contact with a lot of really good football minds. John Beck, everybody knows the relationship there, and you and I will talk about that a little bit more later. We know about his relationship with his high school coach. Obviously, Kalani Sataki, the head coach at BYU, the coordinators there, including Roderick, who had a huge influence on him this past year. But none of those guys are the one that he says is his biggest influence as a football player. That honor belongs to his father. Talk to me a little bit about that relationship because I love how in the piece you really detailed different parts of the relationship. They're not just father-son, but it seems like they're really tight in so many different ways. They're workout partners. The father was his peewee coach. They still talk and look at YouTube videos trying to figure out the best way to quarterback and different techniques, and they try and figure it out that way. Reminds me a little bit, actually, of Enzel Calzaghi and Joe Calzaghi. Joe Calzaghi, one of the best super middleweights of all time. 
there wasn't YouTube back then, but when Calzaghe was learning to box, he and his father would read books on technique. So it sounds like Zach Wilson and his father did a little bit of that, but with YouTube. So tell me about this dynamic because it's a really fascinating relationship and they seem super close. Yeah, it really is. And uh, the interesting thing is, is uh, Mike Wilson played football for the University of Utah. He's a big, huge man. He played defensive line. Um, and uh, after his playing days were over and he went into, uh, he became an entrepreneur and started the string of uh, convenience stores and laundry mats. And uh, the family are died in the wool University of Utah fans, mm-hmm. have season tickets, literally have uh, season tickets right next to Kyle Whittingham's family. Kyle Whittingham, of course, is U of U coach. Uh, And Mike really, really wanted Zach to play for the Utes, but Utah had signed a a different quarterback and made a promise that that, uh, they wouldn't uh, recruit over the top of of this young man. So anyway, Zach ends up at, at BYU and the first couple of years, uh, Mike Wilson would refuse to wear BYU attire. He he was just he would go to the games and support Zach, but uh, that was how entrenched he was with the University of Utah, which is BYU's biggest rival. So uh, that's kind of an interesting story. But but uh, Mike kind of blames his wife Lisa Wilson for pushing him into coaching Zach. He, uh, they didn't really have a coach for his Pee Wee team and. And so uh, she basically volunteered Mike to do it, and and the rest is history. Um, they've got he's got a couple other sons. He's got a, a son, Josh Wilson, who's a linebacker on BYU's team as well. Uh, another son that's I think a senior and junior in high school, and then they uh, and the only other quarterback besides Zach is uh, is the youngest boy of the clan named uh, Isaac Wilson. So we might be able to to see his uh, progress here um, coming up in the next few years. But, yeah, just a, an absolute fantastic family. Um, and Mike and Lisa have sacrificed a lot to get Zach where he is, um, which is, you know, on the precipice of, of being a, a top, you know, two or three draft pick in the NFL draft. So it's a, it's a great relationship. It's not one of those um, – Maybe some of your longtime listeners will remember Todd Marinovich mm-hmm. from USC mm-hmm. and kind of how later in life he kind of detailed how just being like totally driven by his father uh, kind of played a detrimental, had a detrimental you know, impact on him. That's not the true here. Zach and Mike, I've seen him interact many, many times and it's a really close bond and it's more of a partnership than it is a kind of a father-son, you know, relationship. It seems like the entire family is very close. In fact, Zach's younger brother, who's the linebacker on BYU, said that he thinks that Zach might have gotten his relentlessness, his tenaciousness from his mother. There's a really fun story that you have in the piece about Lisa, Zach's mother, going into a department store and the rest of the family hanging out in the parking lot and playing catch. That just seems like a family that really is bonded together. But I love how the parents, as you said, were so supportive of their son. And it's one of those weird stories where 
you hear a lot about this kid who had all these advantages. And in a lot of ways, that could have turned in the opposite direction where now he becomes spoiled or he's somebody that doesn't appreciate what he has. But it sounds like there were strings attached. And what I mean by strings is they didn't necessarily demand that Zach be the greatest quarterback in the history of the world. But they did demand that for what they were giving him, the resources they were giving him, the coaching, everything they were providing, they wanted his very best. And I believe one of his high school teammates' parents is quoted in the piece as saying that he had the best of everything, but he had to work for it. I love that description because based on everything you hear about Zach Wilson, that really is a great way of summing up who he is, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, there were some reports out there when, when his name started to surface uh, as, a, as a potential you know, early, round, early draft pick that he was spoiled or entitled or a rich kid, and those couldn't have been farther from the truth. He's, uh, um, I, I, I have one story in there, one anecdote about him delivering DoorDash mm-hmm. when he was in Anaheim working out with John Beck on Mother's Day um, just to earn some money to kind of, he was staying with another family of a BYU player, Isaac Rex in San Clemente, California. And and he, he wanted to basically provide his own food and he didn't want to mooch off them, as he said. So, um, and, uh, and, and what's remarkable about that is, uh, is uh, um, Zach's uncle is uh, David Neeleman, who founded the airline JetBlue, mm-hmm. and he also founded a couple airlines in Brazil. And so, uh, with a net worth of where well over a hundred million dollars, so um, so people are right when they say that, that Zach comes from a very wealthy family, but they are dead wrong if they think. He acts like a spoiled rich kid, and and I point to this example of him delivering DoorDash, and uh, he drives around this beat up old Mazda six car, and I mean you just never know that he comes from money with his attitude and 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 his and like you said he he works for everything he doesn't expect anything to be given to him, and that includes uh, even you know working a little part time job uh, in the off season to to kind of pay for all this all this travel and training that he does. I think one of the anecdotes in your story that really brings home this point too is you said he stayed with Isaac Rex when he was working out with John Beck and Isaac Rex's mom Amy Rex talked about how when she read this report she couldn't believe it because it resembled in no way the young man that she knew that was staying with the family because she said he's the least entitled least pretentious most humble hard-working kid I've ever met he literally showed up at our house with gas station food ramen peanut butter a loaf of bread and instant oatmeal because he was worried about being a burden while he was staying in my home he's one of the most polite and respectful kids I've ever met he takes no no days off. I saw his work ethic and willingness to personally sacrifice to improve his game firsthand. We will miss having him in our home, but feel blessed and grateful for the example he set for my sons. I don't know how much clearer anybody could say it. <laughs> That's the exact opposite of rich and entitled, right? Yeah, for sure. And uh, and you know, if you if you're just around around Zach, he's uh, um. The, you know his teammates and and even his roommates uh, apartment mates basically say that he's actually kind of uh kind of frugal is the word they use <laughs> that uh he you know he he doesn't let him waste 
you know, like if there's just a little bit of milk left in the, in the jug, you know, he doesn't let them, you know, dump it down the sink and, and grab another jug. He, that, he's that type of a guy. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting as well. And he's relentless, which, as we said, his younger brother attributes to their mother. But I think this is where having the resources and having the drive is a perfect combination because you have the best of everything. And if you have the drive to take advantage of it, that's what will help you become a great player. And when you talk to his teammates and Mason Wake, the fullback from BYU, was on, he said that he's never seen a more driven person and he's never seen anybody that was more obsessed with becoming the best he could be at football. This seems to track with a lot of what was in your story. In fact, his teammate Dax Milne, who is a wide receiver who's draft eligible and who knows, maybe if Zach Wilson gets drafted in the first round, Milne gets drafted later on to the same team and they stay together. They've been together since Pee Wee's when they were seven years old. And Dax Milne said that there's just something about Zach that people are drawn to him, that he's a leader and he always has this tendency to find a way to be the man, to be the guy with the ball in his hand, right? Yeah, and uh, those two, their relationship's well well documented. But, uh, you know, I, um, I was talking to another BYU receiver, Braden Cosper, and he said that Zach is so driven and so football-oriented 24-7 that one time uh, last summer, Zach suggested that they all get together for a poker night, just at, at his uh, his folks' house, and uh, all the all the teammates were kind of stunned, like, "Wow, what got into Zach? He's going to actually give up two three hours of time and play poker instead of studying film in the middle of the summer." <laughs> um, but that just shows that this kid is just a football junkie through and through, and. And there was another time where he uh, he wanted to watch The Bachelor, the TV show, The Bachelor or The Bachelorette or one of those. And his teammates were just like, that was so out of character because Zach is so football obsessed that any other outside interest um, that a lot of the rest of us would just, you know, part of our daily lives was really, was really out of character for Zach just because he – dedicate so much time and energy to improving football, watching film, studying the film of uh, uh, most recently Joe Burrow and uh, and other quarterbacks. Uh, Drew Brees is another that he's uh, kind of emulated. So, yeah, he's uh, he's he's as driven to to succeed as any athlete that I've covered in 30 some odd years in the business. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Tell me about the relationship with John Beck. We know he's been working with him for a while, but during the pandemic, he wasn't allowed to be around the team, so he would drive out to California by himself six hours to go play with John Beck and learn at his feet and work hard. And as we heard from several people, he put in full days. We're talking like eight-hour days, like at the office, but much more physically taxing than typing on a keyboard, I would imagine. So when he would go out there... He would listen to audio. Sometimes it would be music. Sometimes it would be 
some sort of podcast, but I thought this was an interesting story. One of the things that he listened to was the audio version of The Last Dance with Michael Jordan, and he told you a big part of why he enjoyed it is because Michael Jordan had a habit of taking slights that people had had against him and turning them into fuel to make himself better, which is what Zach Wilson has done for much of his life because there's a story in here about the fact that when he was 16 years old, he was at one of these camps And a coach who he ended up playing for later on after he saw him throw a back shoulder fade, which is his trademark throw, was asked about Zach Wilson by his father. And he said, this kid's 150 pounds. And that drove him to get stronger and to get bigger. And now we saw it as pro day. He was 215 pounds a couple of years later. And also, everybody knows about that headband that he wears. And people compare it to Jim McMahon, obviously. But they don't know about the wristband that he wears that says prove them wrong. So I want you to tell me about what that wristband means and then about the relationship with John Beck and how he's worked with Beck to try and prove them wrong. Yeah, Zach, uh, you know, he's a lot of that kind of goes back to what the story I mentioned before about him growing up a University of Utah fan and really wanting to play for the Utes and to be part of that program that his dad played for and, and not getting that scholarship offer from Utah and then also just growing up and uh, not being the first guy picked on teams and just um, all that sort of thing so so that's where the kind of the prove them wrong and even even the year before his junior season BYU coaches came out and said the quarterback competition was wide open between even even at though Zach had started the last year and uh, and the job had been his and so that was just another, you know, another log on the fire to fuel his uh, motivation. And then as, as far as with his relationship with John Beck, John Beck, of course, is a former BYU quarterback, and he runs a company called 3D QB out in Southern California. And, uh, and John Beck is an awful lot like Zach Wilson as far as his drive and his just never-ending motor. Um, and his uh, energy and boundless enthusiasm. And, and, um, and so uh, John says, you know, Zach would like literally show up. He wasn't scheduled to come maybe throw until one, but he would show up at nine and just watch John Beck and some other guys work with NFL quarterbacks, such as Matthew Stafford would come out there. Drew Brees, as I mentioned, um, the Atlanta Falcons quarterback, it skips my mind right now. Uh, starting quarterback for the Falcons was Matt out there. Ryan. So and and yeah, Matt Ryan, of course. And uh, and and Zach would just show up early and watch these guys and kind of work out on the side, but kind of kind of uh, before his time with John Beck was set to begin, just to soak all that up in as well. So just uh, it's just part of this kid's makeup that he he he's just a sponge and he can't seem to to get enough football. There's a common narrative that Wilson's a one-year wonder, but what I keep telling people is he actually was really good his freshman year. His sophomore year, he trailed off a little bit, and then he picked it back up again his junior year. And there's a reason for that if you look at his history, and you talk about this in the piece. He had surgery on a torn labrum before his sophomore season. This is something that John Beck recommended that he do. Also ended up having a hand surgery later on as well. Beck knew that there was a chance 
that he was going to suffer in his sophomore season, that his play might dip, but for the long run, he thought it would be the best thing for him. And so Beck described watching Wilson throw before his sophomore year after the surgery and not seeing the same zip on the passes, but then during the pandemic, when Wilson came out to work with him, once again, that zip was back. So John Beck, somebody who has been a real guiding force with Zach Wilson, but also he understood how this trajectory was going to go. And I think a lot of people need to realize that a big part of the reason why he wasn't as good his sophomore year as he was his freshman year, and then obviously took that leap his junior year is because his sophomore year, he was recovering from that surgery. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, speaking to Aaron Roderick, who's now the offensive coordinator, was the quarterback's coach at BYU, um, he said Zach could, could, couldn't even throw past 15 yards two weeks before training camp opened, um, before that sophomore year that you just referenced. And uh, even then, he, he actually beat USC and beat Tennessee, lost a, a game where they were blown out by Washington, and then, uh, and then they went out to Toledo, and um, that's where he suffered the fractured hand. But, but even in those games, you could kind of tell that he didn't have the zip on the ball that he had his freshman season. You could tell that, that the shoulder was not completely healed and he wasn't back to being his, his old self. And, uh, and so that was a difficult year, and that's what prompted, like I mentioned, the, uh, the coaches to proclaim the quarterback position was wide open. But – it only took uh, a few games into his junior season. Um, the opener at Navy, where he was just throwing—you could just tell he had, it was all back. And then uh, they went on and played some other games, and uh, he just made some throws that were just, you know, eye-popping, just uh, amazing. Um, and I know the level of competition wasn't the greatest, but but he was—I mean, he was just making 50-yard downfield throws and putting them on a dime. And, and it was evident to me and all the reporters that have covered him that, that Zach was back, so to speak. And he's willing to do anything he can to continue to improve, including learning how to juggle and mastering it. You have a great story in your article about that. Tell me why he wanted to master the art of juggling. Yeah, he had read somewhere that uh, that was a good way to develop hand-eye coordination and concentration and focus and uh he um just decided one day he told the family hey i'm gonna learn how to juggle and he went and you know got you know whatever bowling pins or golf or ball (laughs) tennis balls or whatever i'm not exactly sure what he what he juggled but he just his family says it it took him a couple hours and all of a sudden he was doing it it was uh, pretty amazing um that, that he was able to pick it up that fast but like Josh Wilson, his brother, has said, if, if Zach locks into something and wants to do something, he just gets this tunnel vision, laser focus, and, and he just he just does it. That's just part of his makeup is, is when he puts his mind to do something, he becomes incredibly obsessed with it, and he masters it. And, and that's just kind of an anecdote about one particular thing that he was able to, to conquer putting his mind to something and mastering it is exactly how he ended up having one of the greatest careers any quarterback has ever had at BYU. But it's something that almost didn't happen because as you alluded to earlier, Jay, he wasn't going to go to BYU and that happened late in the process. 
Can you talk a little bit about the story of how Zach Wilson wound up at BYU? Yeah, so uh, when it became evident, became evident that his dream school, Utah, was not going to offer him, um, he ended up committing to Boise State, which is about uh, oh, five, six-hour drive uh, north from Salt Lake City, Provo area, and uh, was fully committed to them. In fact, uh, the family in their garage, they still have one of those cornhole games that they made and they painted in all Boise State colors and and uh, whatnot. So Zach was pretty much set um, on going to Boise State, um, although he, uh, in I think it was around November of, uh, of his senior year of high school, um, he started to entertain some other offers, and he had a, he was actually going to go to make a trip, a recruiting visit to Iowa. And uh, right before um, that trip, Iowa offered or got a commitment from a quarterback. And that kind of turned Zach off a little bit. And then uh, and then along came BYU. And at first, uh, the Wilsons weren't interested in BYU, not only because they were Utah's rival, but because BYU was only uh, 30 miles from their house in Draper, Utah. And BYU had hardly even offered him any, hadn't paid any attention to him. The reason why was BYU had a commitment from Ty Detmer's nephew, um, a kid named Zadok Dinkelman. And, but, but that year BYU had just fired Ty Detmer uh, as its offensive coordinator. So then Dinkelman decommitted. So BYU needed a quarterback and, and they somehow convinced Zach Wilson to make a recruiting visit, and they, he brought his parents along, and and they tell about how they were there four to five hours, and and they uh, it kind of grew on them a little bit, and then when signing day came, it was the early signing period uh, in December. I think it was just the second year that they had actually initiated that. Uh, he ended up signing with BYU, and and uh, you know the rest is history, as they say. And Kalani Sataki, the head coach at BYU, was able to help close the deal by telling Zach Wilson that if he went to BYU, he could be home for dinner on Sunday nights, right? <laughs> yeah, like I said, it's not it's not far uh, uh, his home hometown of uh, Draper, Utah, which is at the south end of the Salt Lake Valley. Of course, uh, the University of Utah is you know thirty miles or so to the north, and then BYU is thirty miles or so to the south. So. The family home is right in between the two schools, but uh, but yeah, that's a big thing to Zach. He's very close to his parents, and um, and, and that was a kind of a smart recruiting uh, tool that Kalani Satake used uh, successfully to to get Zach to change his mind. It's pretty ironic if you think about it, Jay, because as I was talking to Jerome Jordan from BYU TV, he pointed out the fact that. In order for BYU to get Zach Wilson, who turned out to be one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the program, they ended up having to let go of one of their biggest legends in Ty Detmer, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, truth be told, 2017 was BYU's worst season in mm -hmm. nearly 50 years. It was the first time they hadn't gone to a bowl game in like 15 years. And, uh, and you know, first four-win season in, like I said, in all, nearly 50 years. So uh, Ty Detmer was the offensive coordinator, and the, the offense ranked one of the worst in all of the FCS, and so or FBS, excuse me. And so, yeah, he was uh, – they 
Sataki literally had to fire a BYU legend, the Heisman Trophy winner from years back, and it was difficult to do, but but that that uh, move really opened the door for them to get Zach Wilson. It's partly why I never want Don Mattingly to be managing the Yankees because I just can't bear to see Don Mattingly get fired one day. So it's a tough situation whenever you have a legend in a position like that. I want to ask you about when Zach Wilson and his family and his coaches and everybody around him started to realize that he wasn't just some kid who might go into his senior year and fight for a spot in the draft, that he had a shot to be picked really high. John Beck realized it at one point. At some point, he and his partners in his company were watching Wilson throw and the way that he moved and said, this kid is just on another level now. Tell me about Beck and how he realized it and then when all the big agencies started to call and Zach Wilson and his family started to realize you know what this junior year might be the end for me here in college yeah you know if you look at some draft boards or whatever Zach wasn't even mentioned or if he was he was maybe ranked as you know 50th quarterback or or even below that um and he really kind of started taking off um BYU had a nationally televised game against Navy Labor Day night was kind of the first major football game, you know, since uh, everyone came back from the pandemic and some schools still hadn't come back. But um, so that was a big showcase for him. And then um, he continued to have great games. And then there was another nationally televised game against Houston where he, he really performed well and brought BYU from behind scored like, I can't remember, 24 points in the fourth quarter or something like that. And uh, it was the family says it was after that game where it just really took off. Where, um, And, you know, a big part of this whole thing, and, and Zach has mentioned it many times, is BYU's athletic director, Tom Homo, when their schedule was pretty much wiped out, they had six, seven power five teams on the schedule, those that were all canceled, and they literally had to go play anybody they could find uh, and to to build and put the schedule together and, and Zach has expressed many times how grateful he is to BYU's administration for being willing to go out and and schedule these games and uh some of them they were a significant you know financial hit because obviously you couldn't have fans in the in the stadium spectators and then uh, one game in particular they on two days notice they flew across the country to play coastal Carolina mm-hmm. and Zach didn't have the greatest game. Uh, some of his teammates let him down a little bit in that game and they ended up, that was their only loss. But, uh, but, it, but that was still another of the jumping points where he got this national exposure that he wouldn't have gotten if BYU hadn't rebuilt its entire schedule. When Mason Wake was on the show, he said that Zach Wilson has an incredible relationship with his teammates and with the coaches, and he specifically said, to the best of his knowledge, Zach Wilson is very close with Aaron Roderick. In fact, he made it sound like the two of them would game plan together offensively. They would bounce concepts off of each other. Kalani Sataki has talked at length about how much he loves Zach Wilson and how close he is with that family. Tell me a little bit about the relationship between Wilson and his teammates. We know about his relationship with Dax Milne, which goes back to when they were seven years old. And then the coaching staff, Aaron Roderick seems very close with him, as does Kalani Sataki. Yeah, there, uh, there's no question. Aaron Roderick around these parts has kind of been known as the quarterback whisperer. Um, he 
coached a long time at the University of Utah and then was uh, let go there by Kyle Whittingham and eventually made his way to to BYU where uh, Kalani Satake, a former Utah coach, got the head job in 2015. And, uh, yeah, you can tell uh, Aaron Roderick is very, very proud of where Zach Wilson has come from and and progressed. And, um, and uh, in fact, Aaron, Aaron Roderick said he's spent so much time talking to NFL teams, scouts, general managers the past little while that he's almost neglected his – own coaching duties at BYU just because it's taken up so much of his time, but he's happy to do it because of uh, the relationship he has with Zach and how you know proud he is of, of how far Zach has come. So those two are very close. And, um, and Zach says, like you mentioned before, that Kalani Satake closed the deal where he thought he was going to go to Boise. And after meeting Kalani and talking to him that kind of uh sealed the deal where he decided to sign with BYU so so uh a lot of uh, a lot of coaches have a lot of great things to say about Zach Wilson no no question about it always a positive thing to hear about a prospect that he's got a great relationship with his coaches and his teammates and so we'll see where he ends up going but there's a very good chance that he will be drafted in the top 5 and perhaps to the New York Jets at number two, and I'm really glad that Jay Drew from Deseret News was able to come on and really enlighten us. I can't speak highly enough about the piece that he wrote. Go find it. It is the best thing that I've seen written on Zach Wilson, and this is fantastic old-school journalism, the type that you would usually see in Sports Illustrated or something like that, just an in-depth dive. You need to read this right now. Jay, really appreciate you coming on. For people that want to read your piece or all the other things that you've written and want to find you on social media, so maybe they can check out more of your work. How can they do that? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Drew J, which is uh, my name in reverse. Hmm. Um, I also have another Twitter account. One of my other beats is University of Utah Basketball. So that uh, J Drew on Utes is that at Twitter. Um, and then if you want to read my work in the Deseret News, uh, just go to deseret.com uh, backslash BYU Sports. And most of all the articles that I've written uh, about Zach Wilson are, are there uh, free of charge. It's a, not a not a pay site uh, like a lot of other you know newspapers and news outlets are going to. Everything's free. So thanks for uh, having me on and uh, and and talking about Zach and and uh, referencing my article. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Pleasure was all mine. Make sure that you read Jay's work. It's fantastic over at Deseret News and follow him on Twitter as well. And make sure you're checking out all the work that we're putting out at playlikeajet.com and on our Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. So much up there right now. And also, if you could go ahead and give us a five-star review on iTunes, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. For the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. <laughs>